So podcasts, you just so happen to be listening to one right now, but here's a question for you. Are they a waste of time? We're going to talk about this and more on The Rightly Show. It's the program that helps you start and grow a brand-centric online business through the fusion of form and function. This is The Rightly Show. Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Thomas McGee and this is The Rightly Show. So today we're going to talk all about podcasts and whether or not they are worth your time. There's a really interesting article over in the Washington Post that I'm going to be getting to here shortly. However, I wanted to take a little bit of time before we get on to the main topic of podcasts to tell you a little story. So as you may know, I am a WordPress developer. I'm also a brand designer, but I work with a lot of different clients for the purpose of building WordPress-based websites. Uh, And so a question that comes up pretty regularly is, where should I host? Because I always recommend that you do some sort of self-hosted WordPress website, which means that it's not a service that you just go and you pay a monthly fee for and they just take care of everything for you. It's a little bit more complex in that You have to go and find a host, a place that specifically can host your website, set up WordPress on that host, and then begin to work from there. I'm not going to get into all the advantages uh, right now. There's a lot to it uh, in terms of why you would want to go this route. The, The main being is that it puts you in control of your own destiny. You control your website, meaning that if you don't like your website host, you can always switch to another one. Whereas if you're using something like Wix or Squarespace, you are always stuck with them if, you know, heaven forbid something goes wrong with your site or you don't necessarily like them as a company, you can't go anywhere else. So there was a client I was working with a while back who really wanted to work with a particular host. And it just so happened to be one that I was a little wary of, wasn't a big fan of, but uh, to help this client, I decided to go ahead and work with this particular uh, host. So here's what happened. So just to take you down the road of what took place, there's a ton of different hosts out there and people ask me pretty regularly, which host should I use? So here's a quick story of one uh, that I work with. So I go ahead and I sign up for an account with my information in order to test this host out for the sake of my client. So I set up an account. I purchase a domain that I'm going to use just to make the process a little bit easier because this particular host, and I'm not going to name the name, but they wanted you to purchase a domain just to make the process of setting it up easier. They could create a temporary domain, but that could cause it. It just makes the process take a little bit longer. So I set up the account uh, and then I decide to. Uh, you know, set up the hosting environment and everything else. Everything's fairly straightforward and easy, but there was some, there was a few hiccups. It wasn't quite the most easy, smooth transition that I've ever encountered, Um, but it did end up working. I set up the account. So uh, fast forward about a day later and I get a phone call. And so I answer the phone and it says, hey, we re- we recognize that you uh, you registered this domain.com. We're wondering if you're interested in web hosting. I'm like, wait, what? How'd you get this number? One of the things that I did as I set up this domain, and I always do this, is I set up domain privacy so that people don't get your information. So suffice it to say, it didn't quite work for whatever reason. Through this hosting uh, provider, all my information ended up getting on all these different registrations Uh, on all these different lists so that one day after I signed up for this hosting account, 
I received somewhere between 40 and 50 emails. I got uh, about 30 phone calls, all from random people all across the world uh, wanting to sell me web design services, which is ironically what I do for a living. Um, So I contacted the hosting provider. They did very little to help with that. Of course, they said that you should have, uh, you know, signed up for the um, domain privacy, which of course I did. So anyways, it was a huge fiasco, ton of time wasted, um, all because this host didn't have the proper things in place in order to handle domain registration. And then the hosting itself wasn't that great. So that's just one example. And I am one of many who have had a horrible, um, who have just had a horrible time trying to figure out which hosting provider to use. So if you're currently using a host and you're not um, happy with them. There is a particular host that I recommend and it is WP Engine. And what I did is I went ahead and I decided to put together a free video for you to check out exactly how to set up an account with WP Engine. Uh, they're fast, they're reliable, they're secure. So just head on over to rightly.show slash hosting where you can check out that video where I show you how to pick that up So or how to set up your hosting really easily. They're, like I said, they're fast, they're secure, and they're literally uh, the best customer support I've ever worked with. So if you currently have WordPress hosting or you're looking for WordPress hosting, check out this video. Again, it's totally free. You can head on over to rightly.show slash hosting where you can check that out. Again, that's rightly.show slash hosting. Have a question for the program? Call 844-RIGHTLY to record your question and we would be happy to consider featuring it in a future episode. That's 844-744-4859 or 844-RIGHTLY. If you would rather write in, feel free to email show at rightlydesigned.com. Okay, so today's main topic I wanted to take some time to work through today is all about podcasts. So what sparked this was a an article I saw over at the Washington Post, which was getting... It was getting tossed around quite a bit. A lot of people were sharing it, uh, sparked a lot of different conversations online. But I just wanted to take a little bit of time to read. I'm not going to read the whole article. It's a little bit longer. If you do want to read the whole thing, you can head on over to rightly.show slash 75, where uh, I'll leave a link to it in today's show notes. But it just started sparking some conversations. So I'm just going to go through and read a part of it here today. So it's called Are Podcasts Killing Music or Just Wasting Our Time? And then it it did actually uh, used to be titled uh, Why I'm Against Podcasts. But again, they, they changed the title. So let's just go into a piece of it. It says, I'm about to kick a hornet's nest. And if this were a podcast, you would now hear the crunch of a boot uh, perf- uh, perforating a, a hive followed by the in- intensifying hum of inconvenient hornets. But fortunately, this isn't a podcast, so my punch show remains silent, and here it is. I'm against podcast. I think they're tedious and samey, sedative, and when I'm feeling especially cranky, I consider them an enemy of music. Most podcasts are conversations for people to eavesdrop on, recorded talk that precludes real-life talk about real-life with zombie talk about podcasts. Also, I like music. With all the world's unheard songs beckoning uh, beckoning us with their endless mystery, why would anyone choose to waste their precious listening hours on a podcast? Asking that question makes me feel very alone. 
In a March cover story, New York Magazine called the podcast the most significant and exciting cultural innovation of the new century, offering lots of BAFO numbers to back it up. First, there were those 340 million downloads of Serial, the true crime investigative blockbuster that made a podcast a household word back in 2014. Then there was that $230 million transaction in February when Spotify bought the podcast network Gimlet Media, foreshadowing juicy, juicier details to come. Now, there are well over a half a million podcasts currently in circulations, with new ones sprouting every day. As we goes on uh, to a number of different pieces about specifically why I'm kind of uh, jumping ahead a little bit, um, but now he goes into some of the pieces about why he isn't particularly a fan of podcasts as a medium. He says, I hate podcasts because of how they sound, I tweeted. Readers and writers collaborate, establishing a rhythm inside the reader's mind. Podcasts dictate the beat. It's tragic, all the great thinkers presenting their thoughts like that kid playing the drum uh, drum pads at Guitar Center. It was one of those petty social media tantrums where you get a little dopamine hit for, mo- for momentarily sorting out your issues in public, but the reasoning has stuck with me. Podcasts are bad because podcasts sound bad, and podcasts sound bad because podca- because podcasters aren't thinking hard enough about what their talk sounds like. So again, he goes in quite a bit about um, the length of it goes at length into you know bad micros- microphones and bad stock music and everything that makes up bad podcasts, uh, which kind of leads us into the idea of podcasts as a whole. So Casey, I know you, you listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm a big podcast fan myself, but just based upon some of the kind of basic things we've touched on here, what are your thoughts about a, this, this article and kind of the direction it's coming from and then B podcasts as a whole? Well, I'm a big fan of podcasts, so I understand it might be biased and I recognize also there's a bit of a, you know, ironic meta, you know, factor here in that we're talking about this on a podcast right um but the you know analogy where the you know the writer of this article is talking about you know he's using some music analogies and comparing you know talking about drum beats and things like that it's like well if you don't like a particular style of music or a particular artist you don't just throw out the whole medium be like oh music is bad because some musicians are bad there are some great musicians and you know what some of those great musicians have an off day sometimes they make you know sometimes their songs don't go well sometimes their you know amps get unplugged at concerts and things like that and so i think it's uh kind of flippant and uh somewhat petty almost to throw out you know podcasting throw out the baby with the bathwater because you know this particular person has happened to you know having to encounter you know podcasts where he either doesn't like the content or he doesn't like how how they sound the audio quality and you know i i agree that there are podcasts out there where they need to improve their production value a little bit and it's really not that hard to do however i don't err on the side of you know some people i would consider like audio files where they're super into speakers and microphones and mixing and you know they have uh you know, they're just like, that's their, their thing. And they are, I think the loudest voices of critique when it comes to podcasts are those, are those people for the most part, most podcasts I listen to and like, I'm subscribed to dozens of them. Like they have varying audio quality, but like 
they're listenable. Like they're like, sure. it doesn't distract from the message. The one thing, yep. there is one thing that I have heard many podcasters do, and this is some of the best ones. And then some amateurs as well is they'll call out a noise that they hear. Like, you know, I'm, you know, standing in my office in my house and looking out a window and there's a street, you know, in front of me and a garbage truck goes by. I might hear that, but that sound isn't necessarily getting through the microphone to my listener. And if I call out that noise and then that noise doesn't actually come through in the post-production audio, that's a distracting, that's annoying right, to me. Right. And that bugs me. Um, but like, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, CNN, quality, you know, super professional, you know, a high production value for me to get value out of it. Like some, some episodes are unlistenable, you know, you know, and if a podcast generally is that way, um, you know, I won't listen or I might like email them and be like, Hey dude, love your content, love what you're doing, but you know, here's some tips on how to improve the quality so that you're not losing listeners. Um, yeah. Thomas says you, I've, as you have, you know, run this show and dabbled in, not dabbled, but really uh, taken a intentional effort and focus on producing video and uh, audio content, what has been your experience in terms of like, how hard is it to make it sound good? Well, what's, what's amazing today in today's day and age is it's not as hard as most people think. Uh, I think a lot of the things that you touched on regarding what makes from an audio perspective, what can make a podcast pretty irritating are things that aren't too difficult to overcome. So here's like one of the pet peeves I hear not only like what, this isn't so much with podcast producers. Most podcast producers don't do this. It's typically when they have a guest on. So here's a little pointer. If you're ever a guest on a, a podcast or on a show of any kind, try to get you can spend $30 on a really basic USB like headset mic, like start there if you can, because I've heard so many episodes where what they'll do is they've got those little earbuds that come, you know, with your, with your iPhone or something like that. And it's got the little microphone that kind of hangs down on the side of the cord. Well, that thing scratches against like the shirt collar, like constantly. So like throughout the whole entire interview, all you hear is this perpetual, like, crunching sound almost and you can tell when the person is is like moving their head as they're talking so things like that can be really annoying but that's the thing like like you're talking about casey it's uh, you don't necessarily have to be an audiophile you don't have to be a person who's spending three four hundred dollars on the microphone and hooking up a mixer just get something really basic like there are some really nice usb mics that you can purchase um throw a pop filter on there which is just a little um, kind of mesh screen in front of it so that, you know, when you're, when you're pronouncing your P's, it doesn't, you know, blow out the audio. There's just really small basic steps that you can make when it comes to the audio portion of it. And one of the things I did want to touch on just briefly, which was, I was just thinking of in regards to this, to this article is the premise of the story itself or the, the point I guess that's being argued here is that our pot. So it's the name of the article says our podcast killing music or just wasting time. And so one of the things that he was particularly upset about was the fact that people are spending less time listening to music and more time listening to podcasts or vice versa, saying, why, why waste your time with these podcasts when you can listen to some good music? And so what I was thinking about in regards to that 
is that it's kind of like comparing apples to oranges. People don't listen to music for the same reason they listen to podcasts and the same in reverse. Like, at least for me, when I listen to a podcast, there are two main things that I'm interested in. So A would be some sort of educational value. There's something I'm trying to learn a particular concept where and then b would be the entertainment value is this interesting or is this funny or is it something that you know it's kind of like watching you know a youtube video and all the different ways that that can go you know in that direction so it's almost like saying something like i feel you know i feel like uh the symphony is killing public education it's like well no those are two completely separate things you can choose your time doing one or the other um but they don't necessarily, they're not, you can't conflate the two. So that part of it's kind of interesting. Uh, But in terms of the audio quality itself, or using the way people use the platform as a reason to knock down the platform, I know it doesn't really make much sense to me. No, you know what? Here's what it sounds like. It really sounds like he's mad that no one's reading his stuff. Like if, (laughs) like he, someone probably told him you should have a podcast uh, you know, because he was complaining over drinks on a Friday that, uh, you know, he's not having as many readers or click throughs, you know, and his audience or readership is, you know, declining. And someone said, hey, you should have a podcast. And that just set him off. And so he sounds like he's upset about something else. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. And here's the interesting you brought up a really interesting point, too, which is that podcasts have kind of opened the door in terms of digital media. Uh, or even media as a whole. Like it used to be, if you wanted a platform similar to this, you would have to, you know, get in touch with uh, various radio stations. You'd have to, you'd have to get a radio show. And even if you did get a radio show, your audience is going to be limited to your area, depending upon the type of radio station you get a spot with. And only the very few or rare or minute amount of people are going to get national syndication. Well, now Mm -hmm. with a podcast, it's kind of knocked that down in the sense that in two ways, one, in many ways, radio was started as a platform in which to sell ads. That's why, you know, you have big, long chunks of uh, advertisement time in radio, whereas a podcast, it's not. It's just an open medium in which you can you can have advertising, but it's not what drives the platform forward. Radio industry is very much driven by the advertising. With podcasts, it's not that way. Um, right. You get so you've got two huge dynamics working there. You have the freedom to start one at any point that you want, uh, and you don't necessarily have gatekeepers sitting there saying what you can and can't say. You're not regulated. You know all those things. Um, So with that, inherently, you're going to have a lot of bad content, but you're going to have a lot of good content, too, and a lot more to choose from. Right. Absolutely. Well, and like if you think of like if you take content as this, you know, giant category and that's encompassing music and books and movies and TV shows and YouTube and podcasts and blogs and magazines like we connect with each other through you know, one of the ways we connect with each other is through the content we consume. There's probably people listening who love Game of Thrones, like, you know, people who who don't like that particular show. They have a different show that they like. Maybe they like Desperate Housewives or, you know, whatever, or Gilmore Girls or whatever else. And, you know, just because it, 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 it's 
people keep going, you can't throw out an entire medium just because you've encountered some content you don't like or the content that you are producing isn't working. Um, and that's not to say by any means that blogs are dead or email is dying or anything like that. Like it's just another medium. It's just another or uh, content to be produced and delivered and for a community to connect around. Um, Thomas, you shared that you listen, you know, podcasts that you listen to are typically for education purposes or uh, for entertainment. Um, what's, you know, what's a, a recent example of education? What's something that you, uh, you know, wanted to learn something and you either already subscribe to a specific podcast because you are continuing your ongoing development in that space or you specifically were, you know, were thinking, all right, I want to learn this thing. I'm going to go find a podcast. What's a recent example of that for you? Yeah. So the most recent would be, I've liked uh, Seth Godin's Akimbo podcast. So that's probably the most recent one I've started listening to, listening to pretty regularly. And one of the main reasons I wanted to start listening to that podcast was because I wanted it. It was more from I wanted to start getting his perspective on marketing in general. Because I think that there are there's like a lot of marketing lingo and things that get tossed around. One of the reasons, one of the things I like to do, particularly when it comes to business or running a platform or anything online, I like to find those contrarian viewpoints. And he's got a lot of them, and they're actually pretty solid from the sense that the old way of advertising and marketing used to be running a billboard or a Super Bowl commercial, right? That used to be what constituted marketing. Whereas now it's not so much trying to reach everything with a mediocre product. The The power is very much what we've been talking about, which is that finding a small but very specific and meaningful audience and being uh, really useful to them. And the best way, so I guess the there's a lot of different things that I've been taking away from a lot of his podcasts, but even have been applying to a lot of the ways that I am not only running my own business, but helping others do the same is knowing the people that you want to serve, but just as important, knowing the people that you do not. Being willing to come across somebody who says your product is too expensive and saying, yeah, that's that's totally fine. You're correct in your, uh, you know, from where you're standing, um, but that's okay, right? It's it's not for you. And that's, and that's, and being at peace with that, where I think as generally marketing has been, let's keep watering this thing down until it appeals to everyone. And at the end of the day, unless you are like a Procter and Gamble or unless you're a Sears or a giant, you know, brand, effectively, that means that you're marketing to no one. So there's mm -hmm. always a lot we can learn. But I think that's one of the biggest thing when it comes to podcasts is that because you have so many different options out there, you're not stuck to, to one particular way of thinking. Sure. Well, and to bring it back to that, the writer's, you know, example of music is there's different types of music that people like and enjoy. And a given person might enjoy multiple kinds of music. But, you know, if they're turning tuning into the country music station, like that's what they feel like listening to at that time. But the country music station isn't killing, you know, the top 40 station or the oldie station or the rock station. Um, you know, they're serving a specific audience and a given radio station isn't going to play most most likely every type of music because that would be confusing for people. We were my uh, family and I. We were at 
a um, a Mexican restaurant the other night. And in this series of about 10 minutes, five very distinct and completely unrelated songs came on in a row. And it was so distracting and confusing. Like we almost couldn't enjoy our meal because the ambiance was just like completely scattered and distracting. And so, um, you know, when it comes to what you're what you're listening to and what you're consuming, and as a creator, what you're trying to deliver to your audience, having that focus and knowing who you're for, and like you said, who you're not for, is actually an advantage. Yeah, totally, one hundred percent. And what's one of the interesting things too about this is that, so I'm not one hundred percent against the idea of like I'm only using radio as an example because it's the closest to podcast. But there is a little bit of work that you have to invest in order to find a podcast that's worth listening to, right? Because there are so many out there. I think one of the advantages of a platform like radio is that as a listener, you know that, okay, well, some vetting had to have taken place for this person to be able to get on the air. That may or may not be true, you know, to a a certain degree. But there's a level of authority with the scarcity that's inherent in the platform, Mm -hmm. whereas with a podcast, literally anyone can create one. So that is a positive, but it's also a negative in the sense that you as a listener technically have to do a little bit of research on your own to find one that you want to listen to. But it just kind of depends on, on how you look at it. There are some net benefits and positives to both sides and to both platforms. But I think that the positives for the podcast, I just think they overwhelmingly um outweigh the negatives, particularly in this case, where if your biggest complaint with podcasts is that some people make bad podcasts, well, you could apply that standard to literally anything. Right. So there's plenty of bad books and bad music and bad TV shows and terrible movies, you know, all types of bad creative, you know, output gets made. Um, (laughs) This guy, he cracks me up. Like, I feel bad for him. Like, dude, (laughs) no. Maybe we should have him on the show. Um, I think, you know, what I think about in terms of, you know, podcasts, it's important for a listener to know why they're listening to a podcast or or, or for yes. someone who's checking out the show to like, well, what's the big deal about podcasts? And it's like you, you know, if you're trying to learn something, if you're being connected to a community um, or, you know, you just want to be entertained, you know, like for me, I'm listening to a lot of copywriting podcasts right now because I'm trying to develop that skill. Um, I also enjoy being entertained. So I listen to a number of comedy shows. Um, and then like, it's really great. Like when I'm in the car by myself, you know, driving or when I'm at the gym working out, like I also listen to music. Podcasting hasn't, you know, uh, dampened my affinity for, uh, music at all. Um, but I have learned a ton. And the other thing is like, it's kind of circling back to a point we made earlier is that, you know, content is something that we connect around. People who love Game of Thrones want to talk to other Game of Thrones fans. If you're having a hard time finding a podcast, like if you're trying to find a podcast about a certain topic, whether you're trying to learn something or you just want to be entertained, ask your friends. You know, we right. we buy and do stuff that our friends recommended to us all the time. Like the reason why I am reading the Game of Thrones books is because so many of my friends love Game of Thrones and I want to have something to talk with them about. Yep. Yep. Totally. Totally. Uh, Thomas, what's uh, what's a recent podcast or when was the last time someone recommended a podcast to you that you checked out? 
Well, the last time I can think of, uh, it's not exactly uh, a typical example, but it was I was working with a number of clients, a number of people from the Michael Hyatt team, who is a client of mine, and they recommended his podcast, which I started listening to. But that's a little bit of a uh, that's kind of an insider baseball type <laughs> situation, <laughs> no, not exactly I mean- like like friends, but it was I always already have been kind of a, a fan of what Michael Hyatt did. But actually, that's a good example of one who he he his podcast is actually a great example of pretty much the exact opposite of what he's describing here. So you may or may not be interested in what Michael Hyatt teaches happens to be very relevant to you know the type of work I do. But it sounds just as, if not more professional than most radio shows do. It's got music in the background. He tells stories. It's very segmented. Uh, it's very organized. It's very topical. Um, so it, again, it's just coming back to that original point. It's it's a free and open medium, and it is what you make it. Absolutely, absolutely, and that you know, and that applies to any medium that's free and open like that. You know, self self publishing books, writing blog posts, um, right, creating music, doing YouTube videos, all of that stuff. Um, if you want to create great content, you need to have your audience in mind, and if you want to consume great content, ask your friends, reach out to your network, talk to your you know community, um, and. Uh, you know, and if you, you know, if you find a show or a book or, a, you know, anything that you really enjoy, like ask, ask the creator of that content who they recommend. Like if you yeah, listen exactly. to a podcast and you love it and you're like, well, I want more stuff like this, email that show host, you know, like if you email Thomas be like, hey, I love your show. What's, you know, a couple other recommendations that you have for me. I guarantee you Thomas will reply to you and be like, you would love the, if you like my show, you'll like these shows. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a big thing about podcasts too, is it's, it's most of us who listen to podcasts don't just listen to one podcast. We've got a a nice long list of shows that we either listen to regularly or we jump back and forth through. So for that, you know, that's why kind of once you start listening to podcasts, you're going to be listening to a lot more podcasts in the future is usually how it goes. So (laughs) a quick, quick question for you, Casey, because I know, I mean, I I go in and I go in phases. So sometimes I'll switch out between two or three podcasts. Sometimes I'll expand that. Um, you, I think, listen to a lot more podcasts than I do. And you or you have, you know, for a longer period of time. I would be really curious from your perspective. What to, what are the key things from from your point of view that make a good podcast? What makes a good podcast? That is a great question. Um, and I think. It boils like it boils down to a couple things. One is like just basic audio quality. And Thomas, like you talked about before, it's really easy to have a good show. Like have a mic or have a headset, you know, with USB plug-in so that you're not using your earbuds. Um, you know, and then there, I mean, there's free software that you can get uh to you know, adjust the levels and stuff afterwards. Uh, Audacity is one of them. GarageBand that comes installed with your Mac is another one. Um, so basic, like just a basic level of audio quality. Um, I think length is important and that is dependent on the content that you're providing and the format. Um, there's some, like there's some shows that are, that I don't listen to because they're two or three hours long. And like, I want to be able to consume other content on top of that. So the, like one podcast I subscribe to is Joe Rogan. Well, I don't listen to every single episode. I only listen to the guests I'm interested in. Um, highly recommend his interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson. It is fascinating. Um, 
And then there's other episodes that are only like 10 or 20 minutes long. And I like those because my commute is really short. Um, I'm not in the car, you know, that much. Um, So length, um, I think it's important to have good pacing. So some, so some people will talk way too fast or way too slow. Um, I have, I use a, an app on my phone called pocket cast that like audio adjusts the speed and like pulls out silences and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Um, we'll yeah. Put it's a really link nice. to that in the show notes. Uh, I think it'll, it'll actually show you and calculate how much time you've saved. And as of now I've saved seven days, 13 hours, nine, eight minutes and 47 seconds from trimming silences from podcasts. Oh man, um, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I know I put, uh, <laughs> I listen to like audiobooks, for example, at like 1.5 speed specifically to save time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yep. Um, so uh, great. Po- so what makes a good podcast is a uh, basic level of audio quality, have the right length for your, for the content and context of what you're providing. Um, and me personally, I really like interview based shows. I like when someone is talking to someone else because then I feel like I am, you know, at a coffee table with them or hanging out, you know, at a restaurant with them and being able to, you know, kind of listen into their conversation is it's not so much eavesdropping as it is, you know, that shared conversation and kind of sense of community almost. Um, and then really, um, you'd mentioned, you know, talking earlier about knowing who you're for and who you're not for. It's important for your show to have a significant enough and like focus so that, uh, it's not too general because then you're not going to resonate with anyone and you'll get fewer listeners. Um, you know, the saying goes like, if you try to write a book for everyone, no one's going to read it. Well, if you try to make a podcast for everyone, no one's going to listen to it. Um, I, I have had my own podcast in the past. Um, I, I stopped doing it cause it's a lot of work. Um, if you're wanting to start your own podcasts, uh, I encourage you to do so, um, and more power to you. Um, but, I created a show for dads and it was interview based where I interviewed other dads. That was the only requirement for the show was that my guest had to be a father, single dad, stepdad, doesn't matter. Um, and it was great because I was it, having that focus of who your audience is prov- gives you context that is invaluable because it gives you a focus and kind of a lens for your conversation. And then just because like I was focused, but so those convert, I'm talking to dads about being a dad and dads are my target audience, but over half of my listeners were women <laughs> who would then Interesting. You know, send the episodes to their husbands. Um, and so, yeah, so like I had, I had, you know, women listeners who would reach out to me like, Oh, Casey, great job. Loved your interview with so-and-so. Um, and so just, you know, just because you are focusing on a particular audience, you will reach more people. But if you try to just reach everyone, then your, your message gets diluted, uh, and you're, you're not able to have that impact. Um, so good sound. Um, the right length for your context. I per- personally prefer interview based mostly. Um, and, um, and keep, <laughs> and keep your ads to a minimum. Like if you, right. if you have ads, make, so if you have ads, like you've got them, like you are providing a free content to me. So I have no problem that podcasts have ads. Like 
they I think all podcasts should have ads of some kind, whether they're promoting their own content, their own products or someone else's. Um, I recognize that they are giving me free value and that the cost of that is is an ad. But make it relevant to your audience. Um, you know, when a comedy podcast promotes like Squarespace, it doesn't really make sense to me. However, if uh, the Rightly Show were to, you know, promote Squarespace or WordPress or, a, you know, or a web hosting service like that makes sense to me because there's a correlation with the content that's being discussed. Um, and also, like, don't overdo it. There are podcasts that start that start with 15 minutes of ads. Yeah, and that's it's, rough. Like, it's really bad. And it's like I have the, the, the app Pocket Casts. You can also set it to auto skip, auto skip up to a certain time frame. So, um, you know, no, uh, no offense meant to Tim Ferriss, but my app is set to auto skip the first 10 minutes of his show. Cause he's talking to, he's, I want to get to the interview. I want to get to who you're talking to and that conversation that you're having with them. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, I'm totally, totally on the same page there. In fact, I'm actually trained. It's really weird. Like if I'm listening to a podcast and the voice changes, like meaning, if it's an ad where the host is telling you about something that they're promoting, like even if it's only loosely related, I'll probably listen. Um, but if it's the, if it's them actually telling you about something, like some of the best ones I've heard is when they're actually advertising a product and some of the best like people in radio and people like, because I've listened to a, a number of different radio shows just to try to understand the craft a little bit better. But some of the people out there, They'll literally be talking about a subject and you'll never even notice a transition into what is an ad. And they say, yeah, and by the way, I've been using this to help solve this problem, you know, X, Y, Z. And by the way, I use, you know, promo code my show here and you get 50% <laughs> off your first order. And it's something like that. It's like, wait, well, that whole thing was just an ad and you kept me in like interest. And at that point in time, I'm interested in you. I'm interested in what you're doing. So I'm 10 times more likely to actually care about that ad that you're actually you know, so there's just, it takes a little bit more craft, a little bit more effort, but that's a, at that point in time, it's relevant to the audience and it's interesting. If however, right. the ad just kind of like the person stops talking and then another, like a radio ad, quote unquote, starts playing like, you know, and all, all of a sudden some guy starts talking about, you know, Geico and we're going to save you, you know, this much in car insurance or whatever it is, like you're a lot less likely to tune out. If I hear an ad like that in a podcast, a hundred percent of the time, if I have a hand free, I'm not driving, I will skip it. I will. I'll hit that little like, you know, 30 second jump forward button and I'll skip it. Right. Because it's just, it's just, you know what it is going into it and you know, you're probably not interested. Right. Well, and it's to like to, it is to the podcaster's ben, the host's benefit to have ads that are relevant because then more of your listeners will take advantage of whatever you're advertising, exactly. which means you will get more money for your show. And so one of the things that, um, I, I'm pretty sure this was a Disney. Yeah. So I don't know where this quote is from exactly, but you know, someone critique, you know, um, was, criticizing him and saying that they just make movies to make money. And he said, no, 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 we make movies to make money so we can make more movies. And so like if you are a podcaster and you have relevant, relevant ads that aren't bombarding and overwhelming and 15 of them on your show that are really relevant to your audience that they then engage with, like 
I like as a listener, I want to hear those things. Like if you, you know, if I'm listening to a, a fitness podcast and they talk about, um, you know, some piece of equipment or a supplement or something that they personally are using or have used that has benefited, I'm going to go check that out and likely sign up and that benefit, you know, the advertiser, which benefits the podcaster, which means they get to keep making free content for me to listen to. And so yeah. like, it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. A perfect example uh, is I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast and it wasn't an ad, but he was talking about this piece of fitness equipment called a Thera band, T H E R a band. Um, because guests and they were having issues with like some tension or pain in their elbow and he talked about this thing and he had it like in his office and he picked it up and so i went on like i was having some pain in my elbow so i went on amazon i found this thing i ordered one and i have it in my office and i'm holding it in my hand right now um and so like that's a perfect example of you know talking about something that's relevant you know joe rogan is a he is a stand-up comedian and has a ginormous platform that's like bigger than like CBS and CNBC combined or something because millions of people listen to his show. Um, but like he's a fitness person. He is, you know, uh, either he either has a vested interest or he's a co-founder of onit.com, which is a supplement and fitness company. So like I'm really into fitness. And so if Joe Rogan recommends something, I'm going to at least, I'm at least going to check it out. Um, and so having a podcast and having relevant advertising that resonates and is applicable to your audience furthers your authority. But if you're just, you know, uh, you know, shucking fresh books at everyone, um, even if that's not relevant to your audience or Squarespace or, you know, Casper mattresses, um, I'm giving like real examples of podcast advertisers, yep. um, then it's not going to, it's not going to land, you know, you want it to be really relevant because then your people will buy your, your audience will thank you for it. They will buy it. And then your podcast sponsor will continue sponsoring you so you can continue making your show. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things I've never understood, like from an advertiser perspective, like just think about those pre-roll YouTube ads you see, or those flashing banner ads you see on the sidebar that, you know, well, that's, that's one of my pet peeves. We'll probably dedicate a whole episode to this in some way, but those, uh, you know, little pop-ups that you see and you hit, actually there's one on this Washington post story. Um, but it, but it pops up and it says, Hey, we noticed you're using an ad blocker. Please disable your ad blocker to view this site because you know, we can continue creating great content. Like it's not my job to figure out like to be annoyed because you can't find another way to monetize your platform. Like that's your job. It'd be like going into a restaurant and then having someone follow you around with a TV that's playing ads constantly. And then, you know, when you're like, can you stop following me around? Just trying to eat my lunch, you know? Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, sorry, we have to pay the bills. It's like, well, that's not my problem. Like, I can just go somewhere. That's the problem, too, with, with online content is it's being treated like old media is where, you know, in order to pay the bills. OK, so now we're going to run a 30 second, you know, spot on this, you know, particular radio channel. or We're going to run a 30 second spot on this TV channel or whatever it is. Where it's like the way to monetize a platform has shifted. And a lot of big companies haven't really gotten on board with that. So you just that's why you just have annoyance as a way to pay the bills where it's like if we if you're doing like what what you're talking about what we were talking about earlier is this is actually one of the benefits of having a smaller audience is that if you're doing 
advertising in such a way as to actually benefit your listeners in a way that's relevant to the topic that you're teaching on, not only is it going to convert better, but it's actually going to serve the people you're trying to serve. Mm-hmm. So it makes a big difference. Yeah. One more thing I want to say about ads is if you have your own, if you have your own product, please feel free or, you know, or service or whatever, or your book, um, you know, or if you're a musician, what have you, please, please feel free to promote that on your show and use that as a quote unquote ad. But please do not say this show is sponsored by and then list product because right. it's your product. It just makes it – what it actually does is it disconnect – like it creates a cognitive disconnect because you're trying – like it's separating what you're it's, – it's separating your personal ad from the content that you're talking about. And so uh, Thomas, I want to you know thank you. I think you have done a really great job with this. You know, in past episodes, you've talked about your you know branding course that you're providing for free to people, but you don't position it like as an as an ad or like this show was brought to you by you know my brand course, whatever. And it's like right. no, 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 it's not. This is your like this is your show. This is your product. Like you're not the show isn't sponsored by it. Um, yeah, like your audience is smart, like <laughs> treat them that way. Um, the other thing that I'll say, uh, to recommend to people, this comes actually from a uh, speaker, Michael Port. He's one of the best public speakers I have ever seen. Uh, he was at a tribe conference uh, a couple years ago and, uh, he, he, uh, he's a New York Times bestselling author. He's uh, he has been an actor, um, and he has taught thousands of people how to become full time public speakers. He's got a book called uh, Booked and uh, Sorry, uh, Book Solid, which um, New York Times bestseller. And he from he was talking on stage, and he was you know sharing. He was just so phenomenal. And one of the things he he shared, and the speakers will make this mistake, is never apologize. So like when you're coming specifically like if you're not feeling well or like your your voice is scratchy or you know you're feeling lethargic or whatever he says never apologize cuz in the terms in the context of speaking on stage like the audience doesn't care and they shouldn't care like they are they are there paying with their time and attention for you to deliver what you came to talk about. And if you apologize ahead of time, be like, oh, I'm feeling sick or whatever, they are going to feel like they might be very nice people individually. And they might, you know, feel bad that you have a runny nose or a sore throat or a tummy ache or a headache or whatever. But they are there for a reason. And if you apologize, there there will be a feeling, you know, a feeling of they didn't get their money's worth in a way. And so podcasters do this all the time. Well, they'll apologize for, well, the sound at the very beginning, they'll be like, oh, the sound quality is a little off or, you know, a truck went by or a mower went by or whatever. And they'll apologize for the show ahead of time. And it just drives me, it really annoys me. I'll be like, well, guess I'm not listening to that episode. But if you know some little thing had happened or their voice sounded a little off and then at the very end they said hey thanks so much for listening i was you know my throat was a little scratchy or something or i was just getting over a cold but thanks so much for listening at the end of the show like that to me is more i'm going to say endearing 
you know, or, or authentic as a listener versus apologizing up front. Be like, oh, so sorry. Well, if you didn't think it was good enough and you have to apologize ahead of time, then you shouldn't have published this episode. Yeah. I don't know, Thomas, what do, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, it's so true. In fact, I had a, I, I had, I found that challenge very early on when I f- like first started this podcast or creating content is that one of the things you notice is that you become very self-conscious in the sense that you're not used to sitting in a room by yourself. And obviously we're, you know, the, we're, we're having a conversation here in this, in this instance, but you know, especially if you're starting a podcast by yourself or you're doing videos, which I do by myself at first, you can be very self-conscious realizing the fact that you're just sitting in a room talking by yourself. So it's very weird in that sense. So you're very acutely aware of every mistake that you are making as you are talking. So you have to be, you have to come to a point where, uh, I mean, there is a, there is a level. I mean, if you, you know, a level of quality that you have to reach, obviously if there's an episode of a, you know, of a rightly TV episode I'm doing or something like that, I don't feel like it's offering enough value. I'll scrap it, but there's little things that we do. There's ums, there's things that we, you know, sometimes we stumble over our words. It just happens. Or sometimes, like you mentioned, there's a truck that drives by. Like for me, that was really big. Like, um, you know, like there would be a motorcycle that drove by and it'd be really loud and it'd say sorry for the noise or something like that. And I, you know, be really careful to, to cut it out of the audio. But nine times out of 10, it was one of those things where I noticed it, but nobody else would. So those are things to keep in mind. And it's like you said, if you don't focus on it, it's probably not going to be an issue. And I like what you said about mentioning it at the end of the episode because or just don't mention it at all. Uh, but if you are going to mention it, it is almost like if it is worthy of mentioning, I think mentioning it at the end makes total sense because it's, again, that's not why you're here. You're here to talk to the the people. Plus, I think it's a good example as well with the you're drawing a, a correlation with being on stage. I mean, I've spoken on stage a total of one time, so I don't have a lot of experience, but uh, it's one of those things where if you focus on the awkward thing, not only will it like make the moment more awkward, but it makes it more awkward for everyone else. So <laughs> just don't do it. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like, and if you're going to like, if you know, something happens during the episode and there was some kind of noise or you're not feeling good or your voice is scratchy or whatever, and you feel like you have to mention it in some way, like do it at the end and also don't apologize. Just be just like mention it and then say be like, hey, I'm just getting over a cold. Thanks so much for listening. You're awesome. Because then like that is putting the focus on the listener and you're showing appreciation to them. And then they're feeling like, oh, yeah, I am kind of awesome. That was still a great show. I still got a lot out of it. Oh, wow. I got all that out of it. And he had a sore throat. I can't believe it. And so the focus is on the value that was delivered. They leave feeling good. And, you know, there's um, it's just better. It's a win win. Yeah, totally. 100%. So there's one last thing I wanted to touch on um, that I was thinking about a little earlier as we were going through, you know, pieces of the article, the, the Washington Post article, which is the difference between like an audiobook and a podcast, because I listen to a pretty significant number of, of both. So here's how it breaks down for me in terms of when I would listen to uh, a source of audio that tends to be the same between a podcast and and an audiobook. So if I've got a long drive or if I'm doing something that doesn't require an, an intense amount of concentration. So like, for example, if I'm working on some sort of design project that doesn't require nearly as much intense focus as if I'm coding something where I'm actually typing something out, like I can listen to some music with no words and do my coding. But design, I'm a little bit more free in, to be able to 
you know, listen to a podcast or listen to an audiobook. So the time in which I'd be listening to either of those would be the same. However, here's kind of how it's broken down for me. If there is a particular subject in which I want to learn a lot more about, like I want to dive into a very specific subject, I will go for an audiobook, not for a podcast. So here's an example. A little while back, I wanted to learn more about Calvin Coolidge, the president. So I got an audiobook, particularly about Calvin Coolidge, and I learned a lot about Calvin Coolidge. Now, what I would not do is uh, go then and, again, search like podcast episodes for Calvin Coolidge because, A, you know, there's just a lot of vetting that goes into it. This book, I could see that this person had source material. Clearly, there is it's U.S. history, so you have things to, you you know, use as reference. Whereas a podcast, it'd be a little bit where you don't, you don't know that that person is necessarily put into the same specific research on that particular topic. Now, let's say that I really liked that author and I liked the way he told the story and the way he covers history. I haven't done this, but let's say I wanted to start listening to more history podcasts. I would probably look up that author and see if he had a podcast and then listen to that podcast. At that point, I'm interested more in the person, not in the subject. So that's the real distinction that I would make between the two. If I'm listening to a podcast, it's largely because I'm interested in that person and the way that they teach something. So like Seth Godin or, you know, I listen to Jeff Goins podcast from time to time or um, I listen to, you know, like Mike Kim or Michael Hyatt. I'm interested in that person and what they in kind of their overarching philosophy as opposed to a particular subject. So again, if I'm interested in a subject, I typically go for a book. If I'm interested in a person I t- or a personality, I typically go for a podcast. So that's how it breaks down for me. What's what's your experience for that, Casey? I think that's really um I think that's really insightful. And so for me like I um I'm a big fan of continued education. I went and got my MBA after, you know, had I had graduated like six years before I had a full-time job at Starbucks headquarters and two kids at the time. And I want to continue my education. So I decided to get an MBA, uh, debatable whether or not that was a wise investment of money. Um, but what it did do was it kind of kicked off this continued education that has perpetuated after I got that degree, you know, eight years ago now. Oh my gosh, it was eight years ago. <laughs> I think it was eight years ago tomorrow, actually. Oh, long time. Um, but like I've con- like podcasts, books, magazines, blogs, email newsletters, like I'm just continuing to absorb, you know, new things. And so when it comes to, you know, podcasts, I, I, I listen to dozens, you know, you can't see this as a listener, but I'm scrolling on the screen here for Thomas. And there are like, I think I have over 70 that I'm actually subscribed to. Um, and they range from like being business focused because I'm uh, I'm you know a freelancer and I am you know employed by myself and and by my clients and so I want to stay on top of social media, digital marketing, copywriting, email, leadership, project management, that type of stuff. So I have some very like business focused podcasts so that I am staying in tune with the industry in which I am working. Um, and then there's other podcasts I listen to for like personal development. I think art of manliness is a great example of that. Um, and, uh, other ones that I listen to purely for entertainment. So Joe Rogan is a great, you know, is a good example of that. I also listen to Seth Godin because I really like the way he thinks and he's contrarian in some ways, but it's in a way that is very like thought through. 
he's you know very intellectual very smart but he's tangible um and real um another one that i listen to that's entertaining is real r-e-e-l blend um and it's a movie-based podcast it's these three journalists from across the country who are friends and they talk each week about movies that came out or are coming out they've got some great you know um conversations and they don't all like the same stuff so it's not like oh that was a great movie yeah yeah it was you know that's just kind of circular but they really approach it they they are huge fans of movies and have been since they were really young so i enjoy their conversations i'm not a movie buff i like I like movies, but I enjoy movies more because I listen to this show. Um, and then some stuff, um, you know, I'm they it's about following a person. So like Jeff Brown, uh, his podcast read to lead, um, is a show that I don't listen to every episode, but I really like Jeff and I really like what he's trying to do. And so I, you know, I'm subscribed to a show when I listen to it. So some of the same, but it's about staying in tune with my work and the industry that I, industry that I work in, uh, trying to learn something specific. I mentioned like copywriting earlier. So I've got like four or five copywriting shows that I've recently subscribed to, um, that once I feel good about that, I'll probably unsubscribe. Um, and then again, I like how you did talked about like the personality factor, but yeah, I'm, I'm not very, uh, picky when it comes to like first picking up a podcast and I'll usually give it a couple episodes before I pop off. So one thing I would say is for people who are interested in podcasting, there is room. There is always room for great content. Um, it's not, it's not easy, uh, there, there are tools to make it simpler, um, like with post-production and stuff. I am not an audio engineer, um, but I know how to produce a podcast and like there's YouTube videos, like you can, you can learn how to do it, but there is always room for great content. There's always room for great music. There's always room for great movies, great TV shows, great books, and there's always room for a great podcast. Yep. So true. And one of the big things too, with podcasts too, and I think just about every successful podcaster of today, somebody who wasn't already a big personality but became one through a podcast, will tell you, at least the people that I've heard, say time and time again that they are a you know a, prof- a prolific podcaster now because they're still podcasting. Like that's the number one thing. Like most people try for about a month and they give up. Most people are just still podcasting. And what it, what it is is that. You're not doing it very well at first, but you improve over time. So the quality gets better, the guests get better, and the material gets better. You become more honed in on what your audience wants and is interested in. So, yep. Uh, just want to underscore and agree 100% with what you said, Casey, in that there's a lot of room out there because even though there are a ton of podcasts, here's an interesting distinction to make as well, is that while there are a ton of podcasts, there aren't as many active podcasts as you might think people absolutely who are doing it the, on a regular basis yeah to underscore your you know comment about uh consistency i think the average podcast makes 10 episodes or less like that's wow. that's how long they at they last and so like if you go to um you know like john lee dumas i think he's in like past he's well past a thousand by this point i think yeah he's or, a daily like, podcast right yeah he's a daily podcast yeah. i have my yeah. so here's it so we should we should that might be an entirely different show um yep. but you know like it's the 
to what Thomas said, like it's that consistency. And that same thing goes for any content that you create. Like if you're if you're writing a book, if you're writing a blog, like the people who have best selling books, the people who have um, you know, really well read blogs, who have really big email lists, really big social media followings, is because they show up consistently. Yes, the content matters. Yes, the context and the audience you're going after matters. But consistency cannot be like under emphasized because it's that showing up um that really matters uh sean mccabe um uh that came out a year before called but in it he talks about you know show if you want to if you want to create something if you want to you know start a blog start a podcast start social media whatever you know creative endeavor where you're having this output where you're producing something he says show up every day for two years and like and then you've earned it like and then yeah. you can start worrying about whether or not you're really getting those results and so that consistency really matters the uh, the first you know the podcast that i had previously i made it to 20 i made it to 20 episodes and i was doing everything myself um and i have plans to start it you know to start my own podcast again and there's definitely a bunch of things i'm going to do differently um but it was a great learning experience because um you know you you get better as you go like my my first show was terrible. The last one I put out, like I had intro, like a professional intro and like transition music and stuff. And so, um, it's uh, it is it's not hard to do well to do good enough, um, but to do but to do well, you definitely need to show up consistently. Yep, hundred percent agree. Yep. Well, that's the perfect note on which to conclude this episode. And if you Hey, if you disagree, if you've got your own thoughts, feel free to leave us a question or a comment over at rightly.show slash question. We always welcome you to be part of the conversation as well. Uh, so again, that's rightly.show slash question, or you can actually call 844-RIGHTLY where you can, uh, in the same way, record a question for the show. So if you're finding the show uh, useful, we always do appreciate it. If you head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, again, we always do appreciate that. And until next time, Go out there and create a brand that is truly rightly designed. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the program. If you found it useful, please take a quick moment to leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or the medium of your choosing.